For the longest time, I secretly wanted more. I often found myself shrinking to fit in, settling for what was comfortable, and even selling myself short. Once I finally accepted that we deserve success and we are blessed with the power to achieve it, I stopped playing small. I'm serious about building a life I love and you should be too. I'm Denise Taylor of DeniseTaylor.live and welcome to Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. I help women prioritize themselves, their success, and their happiness. Let's meet this week's achiever whose story will inspire you to push past your fears and soar. Well, hey, it's Denise Taylor, and I just want to pause for a second because I'm so excited about the episode that you're going to see today. You see, recently I hosted the DeniseTaylor.live virtual event, Couples Love Week. It's a week where we had five different couples come on and share with us live. It was so great that I decided to bring it to the Life, Love, and Pursuit of Happiness podcast family. It is something that you need to hear. The wisdom that was shared is priceless. Now, today we are going to hear from the Fitzpatricks. What an awesome couple. They have been married for nearly 40 years. So you know they have some wisdom to share. So take a listen as we tap into Reverend Sam and Dr. Choi sharing with us about separation. Welcome to Dr. Troy and Reverend. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, welcome to you guys. Thank you so much for being the powerhouse couple to kick off Couples Love Week. You know what? If I could label the day with the word, it would be fantastic because I am excited about the wisdom that you two are going to share with everyone that is tuning in. So my thanks to you both for saying yes to my invitation to be a part of Couples Love Week. You guys look amazing. The chat is saying that you guys look great and you look (laughs) good. They're showing you some love. And if the people who are tuning in with us don't mind telling us where they are checking in with us from so we can see just how far our reach is going tonight. Now we know the replay is going to reach more and more, but tonight you guys are going to change lives. And there are people tuning in to do just that. Now, here we see Atlanta, Georgia. We see Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Texas. We see people are checking in with us from Indiana, Florida. We got people checking in from Florida. Of course, North Carolina. We got people who are checking in. Oh, I saw Colorado pop up on there, too. So listen. We are going to make an impact with what you are going to share today. Now, let me tell you one thing I love about the two of you. There are three things I know that I can get when I tap into the Fitzpatrick's. One is God talk. Y'all are going to tell us about the goodness of the Lord. The second is real talk. Y'all are going to tell us just how it is. And finally, you give us hope talk. You inspire us with hope and faith. And that is one of the things I know you're going to do tonight. So I am so excited. 
excited. Y'all smiles are beautiful. Too. I'm loving it. I'm We're loving it. I'm excited. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Now, our topic tonight is wisdom for defeating the impulse of separation. Now that's huge when we're talking about couples. Wisdom for the, oh, we got somebody tuning in from Jamaica too. That's so beautiful, woo woo. Yeah. Um, wisdom for defeating the impulse of separation. Love never fails. Now we're gonna get to that. But before we get going, I want each of you to introduce the other. And I am going to have Reverend Sam do the honor of introducing his beautiful wife to us tonight. So please, sir, introduce Dr. Troy. All right, my pleasure. Listen, this woman is, uh, to say she's amazing is an understatement, but she is from originally from Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, she is a graduate of Troy University and Oxford University. Uh, she has, she is the mother of three beautiful young ladies, uh, one of which I believe is on tonight. Um, she is a grandmother, brand new grandmother. Mm -hmm. And she is just an amazing woman. I mean, I'm so blessed and fortunate that God saved her for me. Oh, that is so beautiful. Now, he buttered you up real good, and you'll get a chance to love on him too, Dr. Troy. So do the honor of introducing your handsome husband. All right. Well, it is my pleasure to introduce uh, my best friend, my confidant, my lover, my boyfriend, Ooh. my husband, yeah. Sammy yeah. Fitzpatrick. <laughs> he's a girl dad. He's raised three adult daughters. Um, he's a new grandfather to a grandson. Uh, he's retired um, after 20 years um, from the United States Navy. And he's a successful business owner. He's, he's just owned multiple businesses and, and he's done well. But more than all of that, I just want to say he is a man of God who loves God um, and has a has a passion and a compassion for people. So uh, that is my that's my husband, Sammy Fitzpatrick. Oh, that is so beautiful. I love that you guys get a chance to love on each other because that is the thing that keeps us united and together is when we understand the true sacrifice of love and your words for one another were beautiful. So thank you so much for those introductions. Now let's jump in a little bit. So Reverend Sam, Tell us about the moment that you knew it was love and you wanted to spend your life with Dr. Troy. Now, look, look, she's getting close. <laughs> well, listen, Troy and I have different, um, uh, different versions of this story, okay? Uh, but I knew from the very first moment I met Troy. I met Troy standing outside of a, a, a nightclub on, on, a, on a military base. Um, and it was around August, sometime around August, kind of cool outside. I heard her girlfriend was standing out and my partner and I, my roommate and I pulled up and I said, wow, there's two beautiful young ladies standing over there. So let's go over and talk to them. So we went over and talked to them. And Troy and I ended up somehow in her car mm -hmm. uh, out of the cold, I'm sure. And we ended up kissing and all that on the first night. Can you believe that? 
But anyway, after that, we had a long conversation uh, sitting in the car and I asked her questions uh, about her future, her ambitions, and what she was spotting on everything I was looking for. Because honestly, Denise, I headed out that night looking for a wife. Oh, wow. I, I was out looking for a wife. I said, you know, I'm tired of this dating scene. So I'm going out tonight. I dressed up really nice and God showed up and he showed me this woman. And so I knew the very first night. Oh, wow. That, we that is yeah. so beautiful. So, so beautiful. So, so Dr. Troy, tell us about your family. Help us understand your beautiful family a little bit more. Well, um, we, we've had the pleasure of raising three beautiful daughters. And, um, you know, what, what has been spectacular uh, and amazing about raising our daughters is, is just the, the opportunities we've gotten through our travels, um, uh, being military, how we've been able to give them the opportunity to kind of see the other parts of the country and watch them mold into the young women uh, that they are, the mother, the wife, uh, the entrepreneur, the, the educator. Uh, you know, it, it's just been amazing. And then to, to top it off, to have a, a, a son in love mm -hmm. and, and a grandson. So it, it has been wonderful being the wife uh, of a former military um, member, but also to um, uh, a successful business owner. And our daughters have learned from both of us, right? Uh, uh, how, to, how to use some of the skill sets that we, we've shared with them. So it's just, it's just, uh, um, I'm all about families. So when you, when, you know, and I can go on and on, so I'm gonna cut it off, but, when we talk, when I talk about family, I, I have to say one of my most ama amazing accomplishments is raising uh, our adult daughters. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And you know what, Reverend Sam, I want to tell you, thank you for your service, because I know that it's a sacrifice to serve. So thank you so much for your commitment to our country. Um, we stand on the backs and shoulders of a lot of men and women like you who made that commitment to serve. And I just want to say thank you. Thanks. All right. You are approaching 40 years of marriage. And I know the people looking cannot believe that that is a number that you're approaching because you guys look exquisite. That Thank is a phenomenal that. accomplishment, 40 years. And I hope that we get to have a party. I know we staying safe and I know all that's going on, but 40 deserves a sha-na-na, okay? We deserve to be able to cut a step or something <laughs> for 40 years, okay? Now, each of you tell me about that, that journey and what you cherish most from that 40-year journey. because. It's been packed with a lot. You know, you've been traveling, especially um, being a part of the um, military. And, you know, obviously you've had some different ups and downs with relationship and life, but you made it to 40, you know, 40 years together. So tell me what you cherish. Let's start off. Um, you go first. All right. Well, you know, I, I, I laugh because we so often... Um, we'll pass each other or we'll be sitting down talking and, and we'll have this epiphany. We'll, we'll realize, wow, 
it's been 38 years. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's almost 39 years. We're almost 40 years in. And it's amazing to, to me because um, getting married at the age of 19, Mm -hmm. Right. Not everyone, not all of our friends, not all of our family believe it, it would work. Mm -hmm. And, and many thought that we were just too young uh, to, to even, you know, even think about getting married. So every year, you know, we kind of celebrate and it's a blessing and we say, but God, right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a trans transformational experience for both of us. Mm -hmm. um, we have put in the work. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that if you have to put in the work every year you celebrate, it takes work. Um, uh, it takes laughter, right? It's not taking each one of, you know, taking yourself too, too serious. But I cherish having a best friend who knows and accepts my strengths and my weaknesses and do not take my weaknesses as a weapon. Do not use my weaknesses as a weapon against me. So that's what I really cherish about being married as long as, as we have. Yeah, I agree totally with that because it didn't start out um, the way we wanted. I mean, really the first <laughs> year um, into the marriage, right after our first born, uh, we, we split up. Uh, Troy was fed up with me and she, we were in uh, Meridian, Mississippi mm -hmm. and um, I had not adjusted very good to marriage life and I still thought I was single mm -hmm. and so I came home one day and the bank account was cleaned out <laughs> and she was on a Greyhound bus headed back to Virginia and I was standing there like what in the world just happened and that was about a year into the marriage so mm -hmm. what I cherish now is the fact that God helped us. He He looked at me and he felt sorry for me. And he said, I'm going to keep this woman for you mm -hmm. until you catch up. Mm -hmm. And and so that I cherish, I cherish um, the love my wife has for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. I can relate to that. You know, um, quiet as is kept or loud as is heard, you know, my husband and I, we separated too. You know, we didn't spend our first anniversary together because it's difficult to really get through that time frame. And so that is definitely something I connected with. And one of the reasons why I felt it was very important to bring this topic to the table, right, to really talk about the impulse of self-separation and how to overcome it, how to reconcile and what types of things are necessary to really bring you back together and allow love to win and allow it to reign. And so the next question I have prepared for you kind of leads us into that, right? It's with all that beauty that radiates from you cherishing the moment of celebrating the 40 years, I know you know, from my own experience and our own ability to do the very same of overcoming separation that you had to fight for that relationship. And you even hit a point, you know, where you almost let love go. And so, you know, Reverend Sam, tell me about the time when it happened 
and the unfortunate circumstances around that and how you were able to focus on getting back together. Because I think sometimes we get so far in it that we can't figure out how to come back, right? That journey back and whether it's pride, frustration or fatigue, any of those things that get in the way, but how do you reconnect? Hmm. That's that's an excellent question. Um, one of the things that I did was, of course, initially when we when we decided to separate, and it was a decision we both made that this is not working, and we really need to to try and find ourselves because we were lost, mm-hmm. and and so I. Um, the first week or two, honestly, Denise, I was sad. I was really depressed, mm-hmm. and and I, the only place you can really turn sometimes is to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I, I turned to God and I said, God, I don't know where I went wrong or what I did wrong, but please uh, show me where I went wrong mm-hmm. and help me to get back on track. It took 20, 28 months mm-hmm. for me to find and gather myself, and so. During that period, I just rediscovered myself mm-hmm. and uh, redirected my energies, mm-hmm. and and I missed my family. And so I decided to focus on myself, get myself mentally prepared to be a husband mm-hmm. and a father again. So it took about twenty eight months for us to do that. Fortunately, what helped me was the fact that I was in the military mm-hmm. and in the Navy, which means we leave a lot, we go out a lot. So uh, gave him a lot of time to think when you're out on the ship and that kind of thing. So when we came back, I was ready and I had to convince her that I was ready to, uh, to be a real husband this time. And she forgave me. She yeah. did. Yeah, that convincing part ain't easy because I know Dr. Choi, you know, we got standards, right? You know, at that point, we don't come up with a plan of what it's going to take and the things that we need to see, not just here, manifesting in your life to really see if that change that you say occurred during that time really happened. And so on your side of it, help us understand, Dr. Troy, what, what that experience was like for you. Well, you know what? It, it was devastating for me. It was because I did not, it, it meant failure to me. So at first it wasn't even about um, our marriage was, you know, could we work it out? Could we, all I saw was failure and I took it personal. It wasn't, it, it, it was something that I did not achieve. Um, I lost, I, I realized that marriage had not, was a, no longer a priority for me. Um, and I started thinking about what are those things that I was missing? What, what, what really did I need to face? I had some insecurities and I had some fears. And what had, what had to happen for me, the first year we were separated, I had to see a therapist. Because I was all over the place. I was emotional. One minute I would be crying. One minute I was angry. One minute I was, you know, or maybe we could work it out. And the next minute, no, I don't want to ever see him. So all that was going on. And that was scary to me. So um, I went to see a therapist. uh, And I learned about what I really needed. 
And what I really needed wasn't so much what my husband could give me, but it was what I needed to face some of my own issues and overcome some of those things that um, uh, I was suppressing, didn't want him to know about uh, things that had happened in my upbringing. And so um, once I dealt, dealt with that, I was like, okay, now what I, do I need? I asked the question, what do I need? And I learned what I needed was to forgive him. Mm-hmm. Now that was the hard part. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that um, I gave my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only way I could forgive him. So as I began to discover who I was and, and who I was becoming, I felt like I needed to be more centered mm-hmm. uh, and uh, grew up in the church. And that's where I returned back to the church. And I'll never forget um, after rejoining the church, my pastor preached this sermon for like a month on forgiveness. And every Sunday I would leave, I would hear the Holy Spirit say, you really need to forgive him. And I was like, no, you don't know, because he did and no. And, and, you know, and I was pointing out all those other those things that I felt he had done. But then I was being reminded of what I had done. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually I forgave him. Mm-hmm. I forgave him and I said, okay, Lord, if that's what I have to do, I'll forgive him. But it wasn't forgive him to, to reconcile. It was to forgive him to say, okay, I forgave him and I can move on. And that was great because what that did for me was <laughs> uh, once, once she forgave me, Denise, I said, well, now maybe I got another shot at this thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I endeavored to, to date her all over again. Uh, so I went through the whole process. I would date her. I would call her, um, and eventually uh, she left me back into her life. But I had to start over. And so I don't know if anybody's experiencing that tonight. But listen, don't give up. Don't give up because there it's easy to quit, to give up, and to not really evaluate your own self and what you what your responsibilities were and how you contributed to the. Um, to the separation. Yeah. So I own up to what I had to do. And then, thank God, you know, we didn't, we didn't quit. We didn't, we didn't stop. Here's what we realized as we began to date again, that we never stopped loving one another. Yeah. Yeah. And as angry as I may have been, as disappointed, as devastated as, as I may have been, we never stopped loving one another. And it was God who took the love that we still had and he built on it. And that is what brought us back. We had to choose love. Mm-hmm. I think we could have we could have chose separation. We could have chosen divorce, but we chose love. And I just, I have fallen in love with, with the characteristics and the qualities of this man. And I didn't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose that. And it was worth it to for me to, um, uh, work together mm-hmm. and build our marriage on biblical principles as opposed to the principles that we had started off with, which was our own truths, if you will. Um, and what we did was we began to look at the truth as as it is written in, in the word and, and started to um, uh, navigate our marriage around God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I can relate to that a lot. You know, it's funny because when I set out 
you know, I really didn't intend to share anything <laughs> about our experience, um, but I liken it a lot to what you guys expressed um, of what it took to come back together. And that forgiveness piece is huge. Um, it's huge because it's not forgiving to accept what the relationship was. It really is forgiving to set your heart free and to release the bondage that it's under in those moments that's prohibiting for you to move forward on any front, you know, because to your point, your emotions are all over the place and you really can't get settled and figure out what direction you want to go um, because it's just wrapped up in so much anger and so much bitterness and so much confusion and chaos and all of those different things. And once you allow yourself to kind of let it go and set it free, then you positioned yourself for, for God to allow the reconciliation to happen and to start yeah. all over again. And, and much of the same kind of happened for us. Now, in Chuck's case, when he was out doing his hanging out, like he was still single, and hopefully he don't come up, you know, and try to defend himself because he's in the other room watching. <laughs> in his case, God caused him to have an injury and go to the hospital. And the only person they would release him to was his wife. So he had to come with his tail between his legs and call me because he couldn't drive. And it was almost like God said, I know that you guys are stubborn. So I'm going to force y'all to be in the same room together and work it out. And I'm so glad that he conditioned us for that moment to allow love to win, you know, to allow that reconciliation to happen. Now, Reverend Sam, you said something that I want to key into, which is you had to start all over and you had to, you know, approach this as a new relationship again and to really, really tap into love in a different way and in a different expression. Some men probably find that difficult, right? That they have to take the onus of doing that to, to win back their wife, to win back their relationship. Help us understand where a man would fall in struggling to give in that way. Yeah, you know, I had to be honest at least with myself and my feelings. Uh, I've always been kind of a gung-ho, go-get-it kind of person, um, no nonsense, um, and and really stuck on myself. I thought I was all that in a bag of chips, mm -hmm. you know, and my wife treated me that way. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I had to really be humble. And I think that's what God was doing. Mm -hmm. He says, in order for me to build you up, I need to tear you down. Because we started off, our, our marriage started off with not a solid foundation. God was not in the picture. Mm -hmm. And so if, if anything's going to succeed, we know God has to be in the picture. So I appreciate what God did. He tore me down and, and, and rebuilt me from the, from the ground up. And he gave me a solid foundation. That foundation, obviously, is Jesus Christ. So when I came back to Troy, I was a, I was a Christian man. Mm -hmm. You know, I had Christian values. 28 months later. Now, this was not an overnight thing. Yeah. And she was not going to let me back in and because I said I was different. I changed. She made me struggle. Mm -hmm. I, well, mean, I really worked for that forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I was like, who is this man? 
And listen to this, because I had so many habits, and I, you know, I'm not ashamed of my game, right? So, I mean, I drank, I smoked, I did all those things that sales would do. I had a foul mouth and all of those things. And for me to come back and not drink and not smoke and not swear, she was like, well, who in the heck is it? Nobody but God could have done that. <laughs> could have torn me down and rebuilt me where my language was clean, my thoughts were cleaner, <laughs> you know, my lifestyle was cleaned up, and I was ready to be a husband. And I think that's the problem. Sometimes we don't go into the marriage. Mm -hmm. on a solid foundation mm -hmm. and if you're not on a good solid foundation it will not will not work mm -hmm. and so for, for the men i'd say you know god's going to humble you one way or the other mm -hmm. receive the humbleness from god and allow him to work in your life i received that i was okay with being broken down mm -hmm. and and because i know when god breaks you down he's not going to leave you there mm -hmm. so he built me back up and i i tell you Troy, Troy, she made it easier as time went on. Mm -hmm. She saw I was sincere, mm -hmm. uh, and she started to help me a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but my God was up. Let me let me just say this: uh, my God was up because you you know I I had just gone through a year of, of therapy, mm -hmm. so I know who I was and and who who I wanted, and so you know to see him um, with this this God fearing now. Um, personality I, I wasn't I, I wasn't used to that so um I had to um I was watching I was very careful and I was watching but one of the things that that I had commend commenced to doing that the more that he gave mm -hmm. the more I was willing to give mm -hmm. so I thought I saw the effort that he was making mm -hmm. and so instead of just Take and that that would have been me in the past, right? Expecting the more you give, the more you have to give, the more I want, the more I want. And the change that had taken place or the transform transformation that had taken place in me was to as much as he gave, I wanted to give. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to meet him. If if he was willing to now do this differently, then what could I do differently? Mm -hmm. And let me just tell you, what it ended up happening is that we had to have conversation. Mm -hmm. We talked, we began to talk about everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and we weren't holding back. See, I had just come out of a year of therapy, so I was ready to talk. Mm -hmm. And I was ready to share really some of my innermost thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and he received them. And that is, you know, and, and that's something we, that we never did. We never talked about our passions. We never yeah. talked about our goals. We never talked about, you know, uh, what was our goal for our family and where do we, you know, and it felt really good to finally just open up and not be afraid to share. I was no longer afraid to share my thoughts mm -hmm. and my feelings. Yeah. And in retrospect, here's what I learned. I learned that we were, Joy was 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we were very, very young. Mm -hmm. And we were still doing young people mm -hmm. things. Craziness. And so the, <laughs> the, so after we came back the second time, mm -hmm. we were much more mature, uh, much more focused mm -hmm. on our family and what we needed to do. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that was the biggest difference. So what I would say to going forward, um, to be sure you get great counseling before you get married. Good counseling. Get somebody that's not going to tell you what you want to hear, but tell you the truth. Yeah. And that's, that, that's why I think this is great. 
for us and uh, to be able to share with someone. Now I know, really know why we went through this because Denise, I appreciate what you're doing here is for us to share what we have gone through mm-hmm. and um, to help someone else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that whole situation forced us to become honest people because um, I'm a very honest guy. I mean, when you're out there running the streets, come on, Chuck. <laughs> you know, you know, you got a lot to cover your tracks and all those kind of things. So there was no honesty at all. Mm-hmm. So that would be one advice that I would give to uh, a young couple who may be even contemplating separating or divorcing. Listen, try it again. Start it over. Mm-hmm. This time, use God as a foundation. Mm-hmm. Start it off with God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think God will bless that when you put him first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when just let's get real practical, right? Because um, there could be people who are not churched. Um, when you say put God as a foundation, like give us some practical, you know, I know you play ball and you met with the fellas on the court and you use that as a vehicle to really tap in and minister to them. Take us to the basketball court and make it real practical what you mean when you say put God as a foundation. Like, what are those training steps to help them turn that corner and go? Yeah, hmm. that's a good question. I, um, and, and you reference the ministry. Um, yeah, I try to use basketball as a ministry tool. Um, and I do counsel some young brothers who are in marriages and some of which who have separated and divorced. Um, what I would always tell them is that, listen, um, treat your wife um, as, as you would treat your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and always remember that God is real. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have to, I mean, I can go into some stories about these young brothers, but they know who God is mm-hmm. because the Bible says we all have given been given a measure of faith. And so what we have to do is, as, as men and leaders, we have to tap into that little measure of faith that they have and begin to show them who God is in their life and what he's doing in their life. Mm-hmm. This is not, a, not you that's doing it. This is God that, that is doing that. And so that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. I try to show them where God is working in their life mm-hmm. and, and, and show them that this is, you have nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and you're right. There's some people who don't know who God is and don't want to know who God is. Mm-hmm. Our responsibility is to show them and continue to uh, and try and elevate them to a level where they can recognize who God is mm-hmm. and not to give up on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I often say is that we have to be willing to grow personally in order to soar relationally. And what I've heard each of you share tonight is that personal journey you went on which was necessary and required before you could really come together and cleave and really become interdependent with one another. Because oftentimes we think I got it together, he got it together and that is enough. But the true definition of love is 100% about sacrifice. I mean, if you read the love passage, there is nothing about you and it is about what you are willing to do for the other. And that personal growth that we have to go on is really opening our heart 
to be willing to take that journey. And that's what I heard you guys share about the moment when you were separated and you came back together is that while you were apart, you took a personal journey. You know, Reverend Samuel, you talked about how God broke you down and built you back up. Dr. Troy, you talk about how you went on that journey and you got the therapy help. Your journeys looked very different, but they got you to the point where you were open enough to then cleave together. And I think that's the inspiration in it is how can we set ourselves up to take that personal journey? What would you guys add to that? You know, I, I would say, um, and this is our story. So I always say that God had to separate us to your point and transform us, deal with us and then grow us up to bring us back together. I don't always think though that that is the case for every marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think separation should be um, the deciding factor. I think that we need to look at some warning signs that, that would lead up to separating. We ignored the signs were there for us. Mm -hmm. We just ignored the signs. You know, Sam said that whole honesty piece. Mm -hmm. We ignored that, right? So when when I knew he wasn't being honest, I didn't hold him to it. Yeah. You know, I didn't hold him accountable. I would ignore the fact that he was honest, and I would um, go and do something uh, that was just just as dishonest, right? To pay him back for his dishonesty, and so. That is not how you 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 know you know you would approach staying together, um, but one of the things I if I would have to give some advice in terms of things to look for mm -hmm. and not ignore is the whole emotional separation piece, mm -hmm. right? And what I mean by that is um, we tend to hold back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about me, but. Um, as a woman, I tend to hold back and not share, um, oh, at that time, let me say that, not share my emotional needs, right? So my emotional needs were not being met. Mm -hmm. And I never shared with him what I needed from him. Uh, and, as, <laughs> and here's what I've learned only recently, and I'm going to throw this book out there called the, the Five Love Languages that we're studying in our Merit Couple Sunday School that we did study. But one of the things I learned is that we need to be responsible for keeping each other's love tank filled, emotional love tank. Mm -hmm. And so, so what that means is, um, for me, I learned like my love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So I, I thrive on him sharing and saying things, you know, like, babe, you look good. Mm -hmm. uh, girl, I love that dress you have on. And I didn't realize that, <laughs> that I needed that, but that fueled my love tank, right? And so what I learned about him is that he thrives on quality time. He loves to spend quality time. And I didn't say just time, but quality time. So what do I have to do? I have to sacrifice because see, I'm moving and grooving. I'm always on a call or I got a meeting or I'm trying to do this, but I have to intentionally stop and say, wait a minute, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I need to spend some time, some quality time with my husband mm-hmm. and not just and, and make it a practice, mm-hmm. you know, build it into my schedule just as much as I'm building other things. So we have to be, again, intentional um, about meeting each other's emotional needs. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of the things. Mm-hmm. But we need to just stop and say, hey, what, do, what fuels my spouse? Mm-hmm. What, what does he or she really need? Mm-hmm. Um, and have that conversation mm-hmm. about it. So again, it, it just goes back to communication and then never stop talking, mm-hmm. just talk, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, ask each other what's happening, what's, what's going on with you, what's, um, what happened to you today? How did that make you feel? You know, tap into to what's, what's going on in each other's life, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you know, Sam and I, we have our individual um, uh, things going on. He has, you know, his his things, I, I was going to say his life, but um, he has things going on. I have things going on. But at the end of the day, we bring it together mm-hmm. and we share it with one another. Mm-hmm. And he'll share. He may give me some some recommendations, suggestions. I give him some advice on di- different things. But but then I know where he's going and, and he knows where I'm going mm-hmm. and we support each other and get in there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I would say, just share your fears. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is your best friend, if your husband, if your spouse is your best, share your fears. Yeah. And that is one thing I never did because I wanted to come across as this strong woman. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't afraid. And yeah, I can take it. And, you know, it, come on now, mm-hmm. be real. Yeah. And yeah. so I wasn't, I learned how to not be afraid to share my fears my insecurities, but yet, right, um, look look to him to, to come alongside me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anybody knows when I'm speaking or if I'm up out in the public, if I'm nervous, this man will know it. And he'll he'll <laughs> he'll do something or say something to to, to encourage me and, and get me through it. So that's how you know that that's how we complement one another. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then at the end of the day, we come together and we just pray. We, you know, start our mornings with prayer, mm-hmm. and then um, in our days with just talking about the Lord and how good He's been. So we have truly made God a part of the relationship. That that's really good because I I can tell you there is nothing that sounds as sweet as having your husband pray for you. Um, because he begins to pray for things that he recognizes that you didn't even know he recognized. And, you know, he begins to say things that you didn't even know that he was tuned into. Um, And I can so relate to the shutdown, you know, and and not say and, and not express. But for me, it was almost there's a valve on there and it's going to keep building up inside. And eventually that valve is going to burst. And before you know it, it's going to be a really over the top scene. And so what I have tried to learn to do to your point is talk, is express and really not express in the heat or passion of the concern or even the fear, but to talk about my fears, you know, to talk about my concerns and really look for the right timing to have that conversation because 
I used to cue it all up. And when Chuck would come in, I would just unload on him after the workday. And that was the wrong <laughs> time, you know, and he's fatigued and I'm just coming at him with everything that I had stored up from the day. And I discovered that our best conversations are in the, you know, the freshness of the morning, you know, like where we're just waking up and we're real relaxed and we're sitting there laying um, on the pillow and really ready to start our day. That's when we have the best dialogue, but you've got to be able to open yourself up to have, be in tune with that. And I think early on in the relationship, you're so inward focused that you don't even pay attention to all of that, right? You don't even pay attention to timing and words and expression. You have to learn one another. That's true. That's you true. Do. Because, because we talk all the time, and Denise, you know this, uh, we talk all the time in our marriage class about uh, observing and studying your spouse mm-hmm. from the background mm-hmm. so that, um, that you can better serve your spouse. Mm-hmm. So you study them, and you study what they do, and how they act, and how they talk, and then you kind of... Uh, uh, use that as motivation or you know, as a guide to what you need to do uh, for them. Uh, Troy talked about honesty. Um, you know, we started off our marriage, I mean, being straight up. And but somewhere along the way, I don't know when it happened, we started being dishonest with each other. So anyone, if you just start now or you've been in your marriage, listen, there's no better time like today than to start telling the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the truth will you think will get you in trouble, but the truth, as the Bible said, will set you free. Mm-hmm. It will set you free. So always tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Timing, timing is important, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say always tell the truth uh, because when you start with the truth, uh, you know, you, you really eliminate the devil. He, he doesn't like the truth. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other thing I would say is Troy and I used to talk about our dreams and our ambitions. You know, when we're young, like, what do you want to do? I want to do these things. But you know, how the kids show up, your dreams kind of go to the back. You know, you put those on hold and you never talk about them again. So I would say always talk about your dreams and share your ambitions with each other and, and, and keep those dreams and ambitions alive. If you haven't accomplished them, keep them alive and keep striving it. And 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 uh, and working together to get there. Oh. And the other thing I would talk about, Troy says, talk, talk, talk. You know what we never do? We never. If we, if everybody's gonna argue, you're gonna have arguments and disagreements. But do it fairly. Set some boundaries and guidelines instead of being a point. Come up with some solutions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 encourage and inspire instead of criticizing mm-hmm. and judging. So we've learned that over the years. Those three things, be honest, right? Share your ambitions and talk, mm-hmm. yeah. talk. Wow, yeah. this is so good. I have just one more thing that I want to tap into that you guys shared that I think is critically important and I don't want to uh, give up before we make this point. You talked about how you guys are working with the married couples. I feel like connection with, mentors or 
there just has to be somebody to come alongside, you know, to help you and be open to that, whether it's therapy, whether it's part of a ministry, whether it's making connection with a couple that you see thriving, because check the resume. I'm a big check the resume person and make sure that they're good and wholesome to be, you know, imparting into you. Where do you guys stand with making sure that we've got proper advice around partnership or mentorship um, and being willing to make sure we're connected that way too. You know, one of the things that I always say is, you know, be careful who you allow Mm -hmm. to invest in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So I believe that, that we, we as married couples, need other married couples, um, you know, to, to mentor us, uh, to share with us, who's going to be authentic with us. Um, and I do believe that uh, platforms like this, but we've been a part of uh, a married couples class ministry, if you will, uh, for some years now. Mm-hmm. And it has just it is, has enhanced and added value to our marriage exactly. um, because we, we've Come, we come together with other married couples and years does not matter, you know, whether they've been married months or years, we come together and we, we share with one another. And sometimes Sam and I will leave a, a, a class and we'll, we'll hear the newness and the freshness in a young married couple. And we'll go back and say, remember when we, you know, and, and, and why don't we do that again? And, and we should start doing that. And so we learn from one another. Um, I don't think that because we've been married for as long as we have, that we've, we've arrived. No. My God, we have not. <laughs> we have not. And we're still learning and, and we're still growing. Um, but I do believe that we should, as married couples, look for, um, if not um, uh, uh, other role models, uh, but look for for gatherings or look for a group that we can uh, involve ourselves in as married couples. Um, and iron shopping's iron, right? So we get with other married couples who know and understand the language that we're talking about, understand disagreements, understand the sacrifices, understand the love that it takes, understand that we must forgive and, and, and a lot of times forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it, it makes it easier to have those, those presence in our lives. See, we, we didn't have a model of what a married couple looked like no. um, when we got married because we both grew up in single family homes. Uh, so, you know, again, we just uh, gravitate to, to uh, helping, right? And, and advising married couples as well as just being a, a part and being willing to allow other married couples to impart in us as well. It's important. Mm-hmm. Did you want to add anything, Reverend Sam, to that? Yeah, you know, my mind immediately went to when you were talking about mentors and mentees. I, my my best friend, uh, he's passed on now, was a young man named Luigi Gunn. Mm-hmm. We met him early on in our marriage. I mean, we were probably married six months. And then we ran into Luigi down in Meridian, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he was hard. He was a hard guy. He was a Navy guy. I mean, when I, every other word mm-hmm. is, is, and he was, he was really a hard guy. He was a real sailor, mm-hmm. if I can put it that way. <laughs> right. 
And so he would talk, you know, he joke with his wife. He talked about his wife, mama. And I was like, wait a minute. And I just got married. Now I would never say anything about Troy's mom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they'd be talking and he'd say, your mama. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, Luigi, how do you get away with that? Talking about his wife, mom. He, you know, he would just say some crazy stuff. And I learned, I said, you know, that that is not something that I would do. So my point is this, you can, and he's my best friend. Mm-hmm. You can learn what not to do, mm-hmm. right? Just by watching folks. Mm-hmm. So he actually helped me mm-hmm. to not do the things that he was doing. And I thank <laughs> him for that. And I said, Luke, I appreciate you, but you're showing me some things that I'm not supposed to. Now, listen, they had been married already 10 years. Mm-hmm. Right. So we had a mentor, but we learned not what to do mm-hmm. from Luigi, And we learned a whole lot to do from Mona, his wife, because mm-hmm. she said, oh, I'll just, because she mentored Troy mm-hmm. and, and her husband mentored me. Uh, so I would say it doesn't necessarily have to be a Christian, you know, a clean, but someone who has a pure heart, mm-hmm. who really cares about their, their, their wife and their spouse. And you can learn from those people mm-hmm. and also learn not what to do. Mm-hmm. That's good. If that makes any sense. It does. It does. Because you see the effects of it and you know, it doesn't sound good to you. And you're like, okay, I love you as my friend, but I ain't taking that lead. Right. Not that advice. Yeah. Now he gave some good advice periodically, but you know, a lot of things that I learned from him that I didn't do. And I did thank him for that. He's, he's still my best friend in heaven. Okay, well, we have one question come in, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, but I'll just ask you to give a silver lining answer. Um, It says, for newlyweds, what advice do you have for them to stay connected? Now, this was asked a little earlier on, but if there's something that rings out for you guys from a newlyweds perspective, um, go ahead and ask. And I'll say to those who are on with us, if you have questions, you certainly can use the Q&A function or you can put it in the chat and I will ask. So share with us your best newlywed tip. Um. Well, I'm trying to think of something maybe that we haven't already said, um, but from the coming out the gate, right, just from the start, um, just, you know, I can't, I can't emphasize it enough when I say just take the time and talk to one another, um, find out emotionally what the needs of your spouse is. And, and I, and I say emotionally, because that's where feelings and, you know, your feelings and, and emotions. And, and when I say this, how does it make you feel? Or, you know, try touch into the, the emotional side of one another so that, um, uh, and don't, and I'll say this, let me, let me say this, because I made this mistake. Don't have your, own personal contracts with your yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So here's what I mean. When you say uh, personal contract, yeah, if he does this, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you haven't even had that discussion with, with your spouse yet, right? With your husband. You just made up in your mind, if he don't take the trash out, then I'm not gonna clean the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a personal, that's a, that's an inner contract that you've made. So he don't take the trash out and you don't clean the kitchen. 
Mm-hmm. And so he's he's a, he's making an assumption that whatever, and you you're mad because he never took the trash out, and and then it just one thing leads to another, mm-hmm. right? So Sam and I did that. I had an issue with him not taking the trash out when I wanted the trash to be taken out, mm-hmm. and I mean I really had a problem. Mm-hmm. So I've learned why 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 that upset me so so much, and it was really because it was the way I was raised, right? So we were raised that you had to clean the kitchen and you had to take the trash out at the end of the night and yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And I came in a marriage and my marriage expecting that to happen, but I never told him why it bothered me. Mm -hmm. So I just pressured him to take this trash out. And when he didn't do it, I didn't do something. He never sat down and talked. And I, you know, I own that. I never told him why it bothered me that the trash never went out. Here's what I learned. Here's what I ended up doing. Um, you know what? As I grew up <laughs> and transformed, if I really wanted the trash to go out that bad, I took it out myself. <laughs> right. That's what I would have to do, you know, when I was growing up at home. I'd have to take the trash out. So why not take it out? Because again, my my contract was. Um, and my stereotypes was that the man would take the man would take the trash out and I would clean the kitchen and all of that. See, see what I'm trying to say is you have to talk all of that through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the expectations? What do you expect me to do in this marriage? What do you expect? Not not because I'm a woman, not because you are a man, but what are the expectations? Mm-hmm. And so start off talking about what you expect and if you don't agree on it then talk about why that's important to you to be done that way or why it isn't important again it goes back to just clear conversation and communication mm-hmm. that's yeah. really good oh my gosh that's so good because I can I can remember doing that and I probably even do it now to some degree in that's an unfair contract because it's something that's binding on his behavior, but he don't even know you got these stipulations and terms tied to it. So that is an excellent call out, um, especially for those of us who, you know, play scenes out in our minds, right? Of Well, if he do this, then I'm going to do this. And, you know, that is excellent advice. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, I don't want to keep you. This time has flown. Believe it or not, we are coming up on an hour. I have thoroughly enjoyed every single moment of this. And I want to say thank you so much for taking time this evening to be online with us. There's uh, Harriet has commented and she says she asked her husband to watch this with her and he agreed. And she said this was good. And you know what? That's what you and I talked about is just trying to reach one person with a message of hope and a message of consideration. And so thank you so much for being available for this. Now, this is my little space, which is love life in the pursuit of happiness. And I got my three little closeout questions for you. Tell me your life wisdom that you would tell your younger self if you could? That's an easy one for me, Denise. I would tell myself, never, ever keep secrets Mm -hmm. from your wife. Mm -hmm. Ever keep secrets. Always, always speak the truth. Okay. 
Dr. Troy? I would tell my young self, I would say, girl, <laughs> be patient. Um, rest and relax and enjoy being married. Enjoy your spouse uh, and and fall in love. Just fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. But be patient. But and I, I would have to say be patient for me because I'm so driven and I want things to happen quickly. And so um, I've learned that it doesn't happen the way that I always want it to happen or as quick as I want it to happen. And so um, I have to be patient and I have to be patient with the person that I'm married to because he's not me. And um, and uh, I have to learn to just rest and relax. Yeah, that's what I would tell myself. All right. The next one is your love wisdom. Now we expound on love a lot, but what would you tell your younger self if you could about love? Keep it hot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, don't what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll I'll say this: the fire may get low, but never let it go out. I know that's right. Never let it go out, and and don't be afraid to touch, mm -hmm. touch, touch one another. Mm -hmm. You know, find area and get to know areas. Touch, touch. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to touch each other. Eat, Absolutely. Eat. And explore. Yes. Love it, yes. love it, love it. Touch. All right. What's your love <laughs> wisdom, Reverend Sam? <laughs> um, my love wisdom. I, I would say uh, my love wisdom is for Troy. I have to always be prepared. Mm. Troy, what you don't know is Troy is so funny. <laughs> and she's a joker, you know, so. So I have to always be prepared for what she has and and um and be in a mindset to receive. So that, I mean that may not sound what I'm a I giver. Do. So yeah. yeah. So I have to, you know, that's that's what I have to be ready to receive what she has for me. Because mm -hmm. she has a lot. That's all right. <laughs> sound like she do. She said keep it hot now. She sounds like she got a lot for you. All right. No, I mean wisdom. I'm talking about wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Acknowledgement and vice and all those things. See, you got your head in the gutter. Didn't you? <laughs> all right. Finally, what's your happiness wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could? I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. What would I tell my younger self about happiness? Um, enjoy every second because it can be fleeting, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm going to say this, but I probably will take this away and be thinking about it later. But um, I would say learn to laugh, laugh through it. Mm -hmm. Learn to laugh through it. So see, and when I say that, see the God in everything um, and, and watch God do it. You know, laugh your way through it and just watch how God moves pray right pray and then watch mm -hmm. and then enjoy what God is going to do yeah. pray 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 mm -hmm. I think that 
you know what? And, and if I was to even tell the 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 um, newlyweds, this would be something that I probably would would want you to start off doing, praying together, and praying for one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then watch God move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we had one question come in, but you know what, um, Dr. Troy, I am going to post it and I'm going to tag you and ask you to respond. It's about um, what to do when you've got young children um, and uh, how to kind of wrestle around with that scenario. And, you know, that's just giving me more fuel to be able to schedule something like this again. But our time is far spent. Thank you both. And I got one last thing I want to tell you. Success looks so good on y'all. Y'all are radiating with success. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much to everyone that tuned in. This has been an amazing time. And I wish everyone a great night. Good night. night. Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you truly deserve life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. Life, love, in the pursuit of happiness, easy to find. Now, if you want more information about my success superpowers, as I'm sure you do, download my free success superpowers ebook at denisetaylor.live forward slash podcast. And one last thing, always embrace your power and go.